This is the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast, where I explain how caregivers can lovingly respond to confusing or challenging behaviors and reconnect with family members living with dementia. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. Hello, and it's great to be with you. My name is Rita Jablonski, and I am the host for this podcast, Make Dementia Your Bitch. I did take some time off over the holiday. I had intended to only take off a week, but I got involved with all sorts of family things and really needed a little more of a break. But I'm back and back to my weekly podcasts. I will admit I've missed talking with you and I apologize if you were waiting for podcasts and nothing came up, but I'm back. And today I want to talk about using the caregiver vibe strategy with refusals. It is really frustrating when the person living with dementia refuses to accept care or tells you that he or she already performed the task. The drill, take a shower, you say. But I just did, they say. Even though it has been days, weeks, or maybe months since your family member had a shower. Bathing isn't the only challenging behavior. Convincing a person living with dementia To remove soiled clothing can be a nightmare, a literal tug of war between the two of you. One strategy that is useful is called caregiver vibes. This strategy has two parts. The first part is for you to become calm. Yes, I know that can be a tall order when you are exhausted and overwhelmed. I recommend taking three deep, slow breaths. Doesn't matter how you do it. You can breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth, in and out through the nose, in and out through the mouth, into the mouth, out through the nose. All that's bullshit. All that matters is that you take three slow, deep breaths. Seriously, breathing long and deep helps to reset the vagus nerve and slows down the heart rate. This is because breathing is the only bodily function that is under both voluntary and involuntary control. By that, you do not have to think about breathing. It happens automatically. However, if you feel stressed, your breathing will start to become very short and choppy which then sets off alarm bells in your nervous system and your heart rate goes up and you may start to feel anxious. You can then control your breathing to help calm down your nervous system. And I talked about the vagus nerve is this really cool nerve that has different branches that come off of it. And some of the branches involve your mouth and your throat, your heart, your lungs, and even your digestive system. 
which is why when some people experience fear or anxiety, they have stomach symptoms or they get diarrhea or they have other GI effects. It's because of the the vagus nerve. When you slow down your breathing, you hijack the vagus nerve and that helps calm down your immune system. The second part of using Caregiver Vibes is to picture yourself successfully completing the care. I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. How does the Caregiver Vibes strategy work with your loved one living with dementia? We have nerves in our bodies whose sole job is to detect vibrations. Objects like tuning forks give off both sound and vibrations. The vibrations continue even after we can no longer hear the sound or see the vibrating tuning fork. If you were to put the tuning fork into a glass of water, you would see water spill out because the tuning fork is still vibrating, but vibrating in such a way that our human eyes cannot detect the movement. You can go on YouTube and search tuning forks in water to see videos of what I'm talking about. We are also energetic beings. We give off vibrations depending on our emotions. Is there someone in your life who is so full of joy and happiness that you feel the same way when you interact with them? Pets are like that. I walk in the door and there's my dog, Amira, who is so excited and happy to see me, I can't help but feel happy and joyful when I interact with her. But my life is not so empty that I only have the dog. I I am blessed with friends who every time I see them, everything just lights up. They're awesome people. On the other hand, is there someone in your life who is just so freaking miserable and negative that you feel as if your soul is being sucked out of your body every time you have to be in the same room as them, let alone interact with them? Or who is such a drama queen and is so emotionally exhausting to be around because only their problems are important? I I see you nodding your head. You know who I'm talking about. Some of you are saying, yeah, it was my ex-spouse. Yep, probably. But believe it or not, there is a term, energy vampire, that is used to describe a person who sucks your energy dry. Google it. You would be fascinated by what you find. So getting back to people living with dementia. People living with dementia rely more on nonverbal cues like your facial expressions and your energy to figure out what is going on. If you are feeling miserable because of something that happened at work or because you had a fight with another family member or a good friend, and then you go to take care of your family member with dementia, your family member may see your unsmiling facial features and feel the anger or sadness or misery coming off of you and conclude 
that you are angry or upset with them. And then they may react in a defensive way, or they may react with anger because they don't understand what they did. They don't realize, they don't have enough cognitive ability to reason out, oh, she's not mad at me. She's angry at her boss. I do this a lot with my daughter, Sarah. When she comes over for dinner, she'll walk in the door and I can take one look at her and know that work was a shit show. Machines broke, something went wrong, nobody returned her phone calls. She got a subpoena on her desk and according to the subpoena, she has to be three hours away in the next 10 minutes to testify in court. Awesome. Welcome to the state government. And she'll have a bunch of frustrating days and she'll walk in the door with a little like dark cloud over her head. I know immediately it ain't me. I will say to her, how's work? And then I just sit down and listen to her tell me about how work went. Or maybe she's frustrated because she's looking for a house and house hunting can be a real pain in the ass. So there are many reasons when my daughter walks, walks in the door and she has the little dark rain cloud over her head. I can feel the vibes. I can take, I can feel her energy and I can tell when her energy is angry, worried, upset. And I can usually figure out it's not me. But if I had dementia and she walked into my room and I felt that same energy, I would not have the ability to reason, oh, yeah, the Randox machine broke again at work. And if you're wondering what a Randox machine is, damn if I know, it's some magical machine that they use in toxicology and Sarah talks about it all the time. And apparently it is a very fickle machine that likes to break every 20 minutes. But all I know is it's a source of frustration. But if I had dementia, I wouldn't know this is what's going on. And I would think, oh no, my daughter hates me. And then I may become sad and cry or become upset. And Sarah is standing there thinking, what the hell is going on with my mom? This is one of the reasons that I suggest approaching your family member with a pleasant expression on your face, even if you don't feel it. As I've noted, people living with dementia also pick up on your energy and they become very sensitive to it. If you are feeling sad, miserable, or overwhelmed in another area of your life and you approach them to provide care, they can pick up on your emotions and on your energy or your vibes and react negatively. I'm going to take a quick break and when I return, I will explain how to combine the caregiver vibe strategy with other strategies so that you can prevent and manage care refusals. The caregiver vibe strategy works best when combined with other strategies. These other strategies include speaking in short, simple sentences, approaching with a friendly expression on your face, moving in a smooth, unhurried manner, and adding gestures and pantomime along with your words to tell your family member what to do. Priming is another important strategy that is often overlooked. Priming means 
that you have all of your supplies handy and the environment is warm and inviting, especially for baths and showers. Priming also means doing care in the area where you would normally provide the care. For example, I have noticed that nursing assistants in long-term care facilities try to brush people's teeth while they are laying in bed or sitting in a wheelchair outside of the bathroom. And people living with dementia are likely to refuse or resist this care because it doesn't make sense to them. If you have people living with dementia stand or sit in front of the bathroom sink or even a kitchen sink, you will have more success with brushing their teeth. Why? Because people have been brushing their teeth in front of sinks for decades, and that memory is ingrained in their brains. The bathroom sink provides context for the care. Context helps us to pull up memories. Here is an example of how context helps us to retrieve memories. Have you ever had the experience of running into a coworker that you did not know very well outside of the workplace? And you could not recall their name until you remembered which department they worked in and then the memory clicked? Oh yeah, that's Jan from Pediatrics. Now I remember. If you saw Jan the day before as you walked through the pediatric department, you would know her instantly because in your mind, you have Jan associated with pediatrics. But standing in front of the produce section of Publix or Winn-Dixie, you come upon Jan and you recognize her as someone you should know. But for the life of you, you can't, you're having problems coming up with her name until you remember where she works and then everything clicks into place. The same things happen with activities that we do daily, but in specific places. I brush my teeth in the bathroom in front of the sink. I do my morning stretches in the exercise area of my house where all of my exercise stuff is stored. I eat my breakfast at the uh, kitchen table or standing at the kitchen counter, depending on how late I am. I don't eat my breakfast sitting on the toilet. That's gross. Here is another example of context. Have you ever been hospitalized and had to use a bedpan? I had to, and it was so difficult because I felt like I was peeing in the bed. It was all wrong. I was sitting on the bedpan. I was sitting up in bed, but my body was saying to me, you're sitting up in bed. This isn't where you pee. Because I had been trained since age two or three to pee sitting on a toilet. Using a bedpan contradicted 50 plus years of memory. However, using a bedside commode was no big deal because it felt like I was sitting on a toilet seat, which I was, and that was a familiar feeling. Getting back to caregiver vibes, it is important to not only take three deep breaths or more, if you need, to enter a calm emotional state, but to picture yourself using these strategies and picture the strategies working. Again, this is going to sound woo-woo, but there is scientific fact 
behind this step. In the 1970s, a psychologist by the name of Albert Bandura published something called self-efficacy theory. In short, self-efficacy theory meant that if someone believed they could do something, they were more likely to successfully perform that activity. Other researchers building on Bandura's work, like Dr. Barbara Fredrickson, have demonstrated that positive emotions enable us to think more creatively. If you think more creatively, you will take the strategies mentioned in this podcast and described in more detail in other podcast episodes and tweak them so that they work best for your family member. To recap, the strategy Caregiver Vibes, in which you take several deep breaths to calm yourself down and picture everything working, is best used with these other strategies. A friendly approach, priming the environment, speaking in simple short sentences, and using gestures and pantomime to help your family member understand what you want them to do. Avoid using logic, like telling your family member they have to take a bath because they haven't taken one in weeks. Their sense of time is different from ours, and all you will do is get involved in an argument that you will not win, and your family member will become so upset and angry that nothing will get accomplished. Using caregiver vibes does not involve 30 minutes sitting on a cushion and meditating. It takes a minute or two to breathe deeply and calm your emotions while picturing you and your family member accomplishing the care activity. As you picture the successful completion of the care activity, you can also add in another strategy, entering their reality. Entering their reality means coming up with a reason to do a care activity that is aligned with their job history and or values. For example, a nurse that I know was able to get her sister with dementia to brush her teeth by saying, you don't want to walk out the door with food on your teeth. Her sister wore braces as a teen and always brushed her teeth before leaving the house because she did not want to feel embarrassed if there was food stuck in the braces and could be visible. This nurse tapped into that long ago memory, which worked. Her sister never refused brushing teeth. If you use the caregiver vibe strategy along with your other strategies and you are not 100% successful the first time, this doesn't mean you are doing anything wrong. It means that you may need to add in other strategies like bridging or chaining. Chaining has you starting the care activity and your family member taking over the care activity. Bridging is having them hold an object associated with the care activity. For example, if your family member will not let you pull down their pants and remove those pants before getting into the bath or shower, give them another pair of pants to hold. You can also add in distraction where you divert their attention by asking them about a favorite pet or having them sing a song with you. I realize that learning all of these strategies and trying to figure out how to incorporate them may seem overwhelming. The more you use the strategies, the more they become second nature 
and you don't even realize that you are using them. So start small. Start with your approach and short, simple sentences. Add in gestures and pantomime. Then add in caregiver vibes. Put in other strategies as you feel comfortable and noticing what works and what doesn't. If you are interested in learning more about these strategies and how to bundle them in a way that results in preventing and managing care refusal behavior, you can purchase my book, Make Dementia Your Bitch, on Amazon. Some people can learn by hearing things, which is why podcasts are great. Some people need to see the information. Me, I enjoy reading the information or watching a video. In the book, I go through all of these strategies and more, and I provide multiple examples for each one of the strategies. I also tackle many other topics, such as dealing with delusions, hallucinations, and illusions, difficult family dynamics, and what to look for when selecting a place for your family member. My book takes you through the journey from suspecting something is wrong to getting a diagnosis to going through all of the stages, and I also talk about end-of-life care. Unlike many other books on the topic of dementia, I use plain language and I sprinkle my naughty humor throughout the book, so it is funny and upbeat as well. You're dealing with enough shit, you don't need to read a book that is so depressing you want to go jump off a cliff. So some announcements. Next Monday, January 9th at 6 p.m., I will be doing my free dementia education and support webinar. And there are there's information in the show notes where you can click and register. I'm also putting together a dementia caregiver program that will be all pre-recorded and will include six months of monthly group coaching for just the people in the caregiver program. I know I've talked about this program multiple times in the past. I've been experimenting with different ways to provide the best program in the most cost-effective manner and trying to figure out what platforms to use so that no matter how technologically impaired you feel, this will work. At this point, I'm scheduling the launch for early February. In the meantime, I also offer one-to-one private coaching to help you with everything from how to stop your family member from driving to care refusals to even figuring out which facility would be the best for your family member. I have information in the show notes or you can email me at rita.jablonski at gmail.com for more information or to schedule a 15-minute no-obligation call. Thank you so much for being here with me. I hope the information here was helpful. And together, we can all make dementia our bitch. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia, and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. 
You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your B, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.